thank our choir and thank our praise team and thank all of you for taking part in worship this morning. And so thank you so much. If you brought your Bibles, we want to look back at Joshua, Joshua chapter 2. There in the Old Testament, we'll look at Joshua chapter 2 and also we'll turn to James chapter 2 and pick up where we left off last week with part 2. Part 1 we dealt uh, last week about living faith and dead faith and uh, covered a couple of points. Part 2 today we want to pick back up and talk about how living faith is accompanied by righteous living. Joshua chapter 2, and I want to begin reading. Uh, instead of reading, let me encourage you to read the entire chapter, but let me begin reading with verse 8. And we'll go through um, uh, verse 20. Joshua chapter 8. Now before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men. Now this, if you remember, uh, Joshua sent spies to spy out the promised land. And when they got to a certain place, a certain lady by the name of Rahab, uh, took them up on her roof to hide them, to take care of them, uh, where they would uh, be safe. And so this is about the spies and this lady by the name of Rahab. And she said to the men, she said to those spies, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. Verse 10 for we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and, that you, and what you did to two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted, neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you, for the Lord your God he is God in heaven, above and on earth beneath. Now therefore I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you knowledge, that you also shall show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token. Spare my father and mother, my brother, my sisters, and all they have, and deliver our lives from death. So the man answered her, Our lives for yours if none of you tell this business of ours, and it shall be when the Lord has given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with you. And she said, uh, and then she let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was on the city wall, and she dwelt on the wall. And she said to them, Get to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you, and hide thee there. Or hide there three days until the pursuers have returned, and afterward you may go on your way. So the men said to her, We'll be blameless of this oath of yours, which you have made us to swear, unless when we come into the land you bind this line of scarlet cord in the window, the which you let us down, and unless you bring us to your unless you bring your father and mother and your brothers and all your father's household to your own house. And so it shall be that whoever goes outside the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his head, and we will be guiltless. And whoever is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head. 
if a hand is laid upon him. And if you tell this business of ours, then we will be free from your oath to which you've made us swear. Living faith and dead faith. Living faith is accompanied by righteousness. Now, when we're saved by grace through faith, it changes us. Several of our songs this morning dealt with our lives being changed after we come to know Christ. When we're saved by grace and through faith, God changes us. And that, that faith empowers us and gives us a desire to live a righteous life. And the point is, where there is a true living faith, the Holy Spirit that dwells within the believer is going to, to, is going to produce fruit. If you would, look to James chapter 2. James chapter 2, and look at verse 25 and 26. James 2, verse 25 and 26. As James talks about, as James talks about this, living, this living faith. He says in verse 25, Likewise was not Rahab, so she's mentioned here in James chapter 2. She's also mentioned in, in Hebrews chapter 11 with a hall of fame of faith. So likewise was not, this, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. Whereas the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is is dead. And so this is what James is talking about. James is talking about this living faith that dwells inside us when we uh, trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of our life. James says, if you have faith that doesn't act, if you have faith that doesn't change you, doesn't change your behavior, doesn't change your attitude, doesn't change your appetites, if you're the same after this so-called conversion that you had, if you're as same as before, you don't have living faith. He said you have dead faith. Now some people will say, well, sin has this big hold on me and I don't know if God can break this hold or not. Some will even say, you know, I'll get saved, but I would get saved, but I'm afraid that I can't live it. And so when we look at Rahab, the harlot, Rahab taught us that living faith is no respecter of persons. Rahab, first of all, was from a doomed race. We learned that last week. The people of Jericho were Amorites, and the Amorites were under the judgment of God. They were idolaters. They'd rejected Israel's God. They'd rejected Jehovah God. And they were part of a doomed race. Well, we're part of a doomed race. We're from the race of Adam. We have this Adamic nature. And so when Adam sinned, the entire human race was plunged into sin. And this sin nature was passed down to us, and it will continue to be passed on from us to the end of time as we know it. And so the point is, Rahab was proof of a, of a doomed race. She was part of a doomed race. We're part of a doomed race headed for judgment and destruction. Rahab was a sinner. She was a harlot. Verse 1 says she was a harlot. She was a, a prostitute. Remember, she lived in a godless society. She had no influence whatsoever about this one true God. 
No type of religious training growing up. No type of religious background. However, God reached down in her situation. He can reach down in your situation. And He saved her. And He can save you. So the point is, it doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter where you come from. Jesus Christ can give you living faith. And so, first of all, living faith is no respecter of persons. Living faith is found, secondly, found in the Word of God or found on the Word of God. Verse 10. Notice what she said in verse 10. She, used, she says, we have heard. We've heard. We've heard Romans 10 verse 17 says, Faith comes by hearing, hearing the Word of God. Joshua chapter 2, look at verse 11, if you will. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted, neither did they remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, He's God in heaven above and on earth beneath. This is what they'd heard. It's what they'd heard. They'd heard about this Jehovah God, Israel's God. Others in Jericho, they heard the word. Same word she heard, but they didn't believe. They, they had fear, but they didn't have faith. And so she said, I've heard the truth in my heart, and I've believed in my heart. And I really believe that He, God, is the God of Israel, God of the heaven above and the earth beneath. And I'm truly trusting the God of Israel. You know, remember this, salvation is the same from Genesis all the way through to Revelation. We're saved by grace through faith. You hear the Word, you believe the Word, you submit to the Word, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, when you submit to Christ, trust Him and only Him for your salvation, you become alive and you begin to live by faith. You live by faith. Romans tells us that the just shall live by faith. And so it's not that you're living the best that you can, but you have the living Christ living in you. A verse of Scripture that I remember years ago, memorized, helped me so much along the way. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I. But Christ liveth in me, and the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If you're waiting to live the Christian life, you'll die lost. You can't live the Christian life. He had, God, Christ, has to live that life through you. If you allow him to, he will. And people say, well, when I can live it, I'll be saved. You'll never be saved because you cannot live it on your own. And so living faith is not a respecter of persons. Living faith is founded on God's Word. And so just remember, faith is extremely important to God. The Bible says it is impossible. It is impossible to please God without faith. It's impossible. So in Joshua chapter 2, we find where this lady named Rahab had faith. And when God pronounced judgment upon Jericho to destroy the city, bring those walls down, people in Jericho that were spared from destruction were spared because of their faith. 
not because they were living good, not because they were trying to be good, but they were living because of their faith. And so in James 2, James teaches that there's a difference between dead faith and living faith. Pretty clear. Remember, dead faith is not saving faith. So the whole point today, you need to examine your faith. You have dead faith, you have living faith. Dead faith will not save you. You say, well, Brother Sammy, I believe. Well, that's good. Bible says in James 2, 19, you believe there's one God, you do well because the demons believe and they tremble. The, they, the demons believe in God. They tremble. They're afraid of God. But they have dead faith. However, Abraham, Rahab, they illustrate what real faith is like. And so we noticed in, in Rahab's life, that, that faith changes a person. Real faith changes a person from the inside to the outside. Righteous living always accompanies living faith. If you're not living right, you have dead faith. Now, you're not, you're not living right to be saved, but you're living right because you have living faith. Righteousness always accompanies living faith. Someone has said that repentance is kind of like you, your back is toward God. Uh, repentance is a, a radical change of your mind concerning God, concerning Jesus, concerning yourself, concerning your fellow man, concerning the gospel. So repentance is a change of mind, and it's the first step toward God. You're, you're walking away from God. Let's pretend this chair is God, and and I'm walking away from God, all of a sudden I hear the gospel. And I have a different mind about God. I have a different mind about Jesus. The Holy Spirit's convicted me that I'm lost. I turn from my sin, and I'm turning toward God. That's repentance. Repentance and faith. You know, basically they're, the, they're, the, they're two sides of the same coin, if you would. I don't know if you've, ever, if you've ever thought about it. You're walking away from God. You turn. You face God. That's the first step. That's faith in Christ. Turning, repenting, trusting, believing. You're turning from your sin, turning to this person by the name of Jesus Christ. Have, have you ever thought that to trust Jesus, you had to change your mind about Jesus? Sure, you have to. That's repentance. And when you change your mind about Jesus, you're putting your faith and trust in Jesus. Repentance and faith, my friend, go together. You cannot repent of your sin and not turn to Christ. It just can't be done. And Rahab was a sinner. Joshua, chapter 2, verse 1 says she was a prostitute. She hid these spies that, that was sent out to spy out the land. And when these spies arrived there, Rahab didn't, she didn't, you know, she, she didn't give evidence that she was unrighteous. She was given evidence that she was a righteous person now. Her life had been changed. No longer a prostitute. She was kind. She was concerning. She spoke the word of God with knowledge. And then she went and she hid them. Where did she hide them? The Bible says there that she, she hid them upstairs under some flax. If you would, turn to Proverbs chapter 31 just a moment. Something interesting there. Proverbs 31. 
Proverbs 31, a familiar passage. Look, if you will, at verse 10. It talks about a virtuous woman, a godly wife, a godly woman. The Bible begins by asking a question, who can find a virtuous wife? Verse 10, Proverbs 31, for her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hand. So where did she hide these spies? She took them upstairs on the roof. And she, was, she hid them under the flak. Now what was she doing with her flak? She was working willingly. She had changed jobs. At one time she was a prostitute. And now she's weaving, making things out of flax. The point is, she was no longer a prostitute. She was, she was, she was working with her flak. The prostitute was now the virtuous woman of Proverbs 31, 10 through 13, 10, 10 through the remaining of that chapter. And so, what's that the evidence of? That's the evidence of a changed heart. God had changed her life. And that's the change that Jesus can make in a heart. That's the change that Jesus, only Jesus can make in a person's life. So don't spend your life focusing on what you used to be. My goodness, because you're a new creation in Jesus Christ. Regardless how low you were in the past, Jesus Christ can make you virtuous now. And that's what he did for this lady. So we know that she had living faith because she had a repentant heart. We know she had living faith because she had love for God's people. She was concerned for God's people, despised that came to spy out the land. So the point is, when you get saved, God takes that hate out of your heart. He puts love in your heart, His love. If you have living faith. Hebrews 11, verse 31, she, she received those spies. Now listen, if you've truly been saved, you're going to love the people of God. You're going to do that. Uh, it's hard to at times, but you're going to do it. I, I like what Herb Brevis said. Herb Brevis says this gravy has a lot of lumps. This gravy here has a lot of lumps in it. He also said, I like, he says the church has warts. Well, I'm not going to point fingers at anybody. But, but we're not perfect people. We're not. But you know what? We love each other. Now, you may not like my personality, or you may have some, you know, you may have some disagreement in maybe what I wear, what I look like, but there's one thing, if you're a child of God, that you have to do, and that's love me. He takes the hate out, he puts the love in. You see this happened in this woman here as she took care of God's people. So she engaged these people. She engaged these men in a spiritual conversation. She provided them safely, uh, safety. She, she, she refused to betray them. She hid them. You remember Judas? Judas Iscariot? Judas Iscariot professed that he knew the Lord. But what did he do? He betrayed the Lord. You know why? Because he didn't have that living faith in his life. He had dead faith. So she had a repentant heart. She had a love for God's people. She had a public profession of faith. Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. Very, we, we've quote, we quote that so much. You know, we talk about if I confess that Jesus Christ 
is Lord of my life. You know, we, we share, we confess that He's Lord of my life. The Bible tells us if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, we'll be saved. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness, but with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Confessing what? Confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. And so she had a public profession of faith. That's why the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It's important. Matthew 10, verse 32, the Bible just simply says, Jesus said, if you, if you, therefore, whosoever confesses me before men on earth, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. But the next verse says, but if whosoever denies me before men on earth, he will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. And so she was willing to profess, profess God. Moses says, if you're on the Lord's side, come stand with me. You know, I find that it's harder and harder to tell who's on the Lord's side. It's difficult today to distinguish who's on the Lord's side. It's difficult today to see who's on the Lord's side. The attendants don't show it. I mean, the service doesn't show it. The, the brotherly love doesn't show it. The selfishness doesn't show it. It looks as though that there are more in the church today that have fear than have living faith. And this lady had living faith, and we know she had living faith because she confessed with her mouth. She confessed with her mouth, Joshua 2, verse 9, verse 9 and 10. She professed her faith, chapter 2, verse 11. She said, for the Lord your God is the God in heaven. She was saying that Jesus is the Lord of all, and he's the Lord of my life. So living faith, very simply, living faith is accompanied by righteous living. If you want to know if you're saved or not, has your life changed? Is there a difference in your life? She had a repentant heart. She had love for God's people. She had a public profession of faith. She had a concern for lost people. Do you see that request she made? She cared about her family. You see, when you get saved, you want others to be saved. You remember the Philippian jailer took Paul and Silas to his house? Why? Where his family could be saved. Remember Lydia? Lydia took Paul and Silas to her house. Why was that? For her family to come to Christ. Josh, Joshua chapter 2, verse 13. If you'll notice, she said, you know, there's one request that I have. She said, look at verse 12. She said, now therefore I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, this is Rahab talking, that you also will show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token Verse 13, and spare my father and my mother and my brother and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. She was concerned about other people. And so we know that this lady Rahab had living faith. She had a repentant heart, a love for God's people, a public profession of faith, concern for the lost, but she had a willingness to obey. Look at verse 18. Drop down to verse 18. Verse 18, and I'm finished. Verse 18 says, Unless when we come into the land you bind this line of scarlet cord in the window, 
through which you let us down. And unless you bring your father, your mother, your brother, and all your father's house so to your own home, so it shall be that whoever goes outside the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his own head and will be guiltless. And whosoever with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head if a hand is laid on him. She did exactly what she was told to do. And because of that, her family was spared. So the spies, when they came into the land, there hung a scarlet cord. That scarlet cord. And they told her, listen, only people, in, only people behind the scarlet cord in that house will be saved. So here's the point, it's real simple. If you're not under the blood of Jesus, now listen, if you're not under the blood of Jesus, you're not going to go to heaven when you die. You're not going to go. And when the, if you remember when the death angel passed through Egypt, you had, to have, you had to be behind that doorpost that was covered with blood. And this was a scarlet cord. We're told that the British Navy identif can identify their ropes. They can take one of their ropes, they can cut it in two, and there's a scarlet cord that runs from one end of that rope through the middle all the way to the very end. You see, there's at the same token... There's a scarlet thread that runs from the center of the Bible, from Genesis through the center, all the way to the book of Revelation. We see it at the Passover. We see it with John the Baptist. We see it at Calvary. We see it at the end when the Lamb was slain from the foundation of the, of the world, stands victorious. We see that scarlet cord. It flows in every single person's life that's trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their life. Every single person past, present, who's trusted Christ as Lord and Savior, that scarlet thread flows through their life. Isn't that amazing? She did what God told her to do. So James makes sense in James 2, 25 and 26. Saving faith. She had borne the fruit of it. The works of it. It means that if you have a living faith, it's going to produce fruit in your life. Why is that? Because you've been changed. Beware of dead faith. It's dangerous. It can't save you. Beware of dead faith. It's deceptive. It'll cause you to think you're saved. Beware of dead faith. It's demonic because the devil and the demons have it. They know what it's all about. And so this morning, if you feel that you've lived a life like Rahab, the blood of Jesus Christ, Christ wipes out the past and gives you a new life in Jesus, if you've trusted him to be your Lord and Savior, not trusting in your own self, not doing good and being good and all this stuff, but... You, you love God, serving God. You know in your heart that you've trusted the blood and only the blood of Jesus to forgive you of your sins. You've asked Christ to save you. You believe in your heart that he came and he died on the cross for your sins. He was buried and he arose again on the third day. And one day he's coming back. And you've humbled your heart and you've asked him to save you. Then you should have that living faith. Anything short of the living faith is dead faith. Let's have a prayer together.
Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we've had just to study this lady by the name of Rahab. And Lord, we've, for the last two weeks, we've kindly looked at her life. And we realize, Lord, that she's no different than us. She lived in a sinful world. Uh, Lord, but yet in that sinful world, you came down in power, Lord, and you spoke to her in a, in a way that she trusted in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. She believed you to be the one God, the one true God in heaven on earth. And you spared her because, and her family because of her living faith. And so, Father, we, we know we serve you not to be saved, but because we are saved. And so, Father, we pray now we can thank you today for our salvation that's found only in Jesus Christ. It's not of our righteousness. You tell us our righteousness are as filthy rags. But we must have your righteousness. And, Lord, when we come to you and humble our heart and ask you to forgive us, Lord, you take our sins you took our sins to the cross. But, Lord, you've made your righteousness available for everyone that will trust you. And, Lord, we'll have your righteousness. And that's what we need, Lord, in our life in order to be righteous, have godly righteous, is to have your righteousness. Thank you for all that you've done for us through your Son, Jesus. Help us to realize that faith without works is dead. But the true faith of the believer has this living faith, this working faith. We thank you for knowing that today. In Jesus' name, amen.